Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Oh, hi there. It's Sunday and welcome to the Atheist Experience. We've been on the air for 27 seasons and to date, we have not heard any good arguments for the existence of God. Ghosts or ghoulies, goblins, spirits, uh, any of that kind of stuff. So maybe this week will be different. Maybe someone out there will hear this call and will call in and give us the evidence argument that we've been. Well, if so, get ready because we're about to start. Hello, and welcome to the Atheist Experience. Uh, my name is Johnny Payne. Today is May 14th, 2023, and um, we are here with our friend, Dave Warnock. It's my privilege to have my first show with Dave Warnock today. Dave, how you doing? Johnny P, we get to do a show together finally. Well, you've been avoiding me, I'm afraid. I think a lot of people thought that we were the same person <laughs> because we were never seen at the same time, but now it's uh, proof positive that we're- here we are. Here we are. Um, well, just just so everyone who doesn't know will now know, the Atheist Experience is a product of the Atheist of Austin, 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the promotion of atheism, critical thinking, secular humanism, and the separation of religion and government. Uh, I think a lot of people that already, but all good be- things. Yeah, it bears worth repeating. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get uh, let's get into our first call. Oh no! Before we get into our first call, before no, we never mind. That, before that, I was just, I'm just so excited. Uh, we're going to talk about our share your experience. Bef- uh, last week, we asked, what do you think is the weirdest prayer God has heard? And of course, we don't believe that God exists. Some people out there think that when we ask these kind of questions, that we that we really believe that we don't believe that God exists. Okay. Um, but here's our top three answers. QC said, please let my answer get the number one spot when they read out the best answers. Well, you, you don't get it. I'm sorry. You can beg, you can borrow, you can steal but you can get number three. Um, so that's it. Uh, number two, Rational Pair says, God, hear my, my pray. Please end crypto and crypto bros. Mm. Well, no, he's not delivering the goods on that one. Um, and the number one answer from Craig Thompson, the weirdest prayer is in the Bible. Let me win war. I will sacrifice the first thing out my door. And Dave, what was that? What was that? You remember that one. That's the old story of Jephthah, right? Yeah, his daughter. Oops. Oops, he, God, just kidding. Mm-hmm. No, he went ahead and did it because, you know, God would require that of him. God is love. God mm-hmm. is love. He's a stickler. He's a stickler for promises, though. Keep the rules. Keep the rules. Yeah, that's right. That's that's a, that's a pretty nasty one. Um, but, you know, yeah. we have a, we have another question for this one, okay? Uh, and, and Dave's going to be the first one to answer. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you. Uh, Dave, blank 
is evidence of God's sense blank. Yeah, that um, I thought about that, and I think I'm gonna and I, I'm gonna say something that people are gonna go what, and I'm gonna say rainbows. What? And the reason is because if you look at the Christians' understanding of of God and rainbows, it's that God promised He put a rainbow in the sky and signified by that that He was no longer gonna get so pissed off at His creation that He would have to wipe them all out. So whenever Christians get all excited about a rainbow and, oh, it's God's promise. Well, let's dig a little deeper into what that promise was. The promise was that he wasn't going to get so angry at the people he created that he was going to slaughter them all by a flood. And then secondarily, the rainbow being the symbol of gay pride um, and the Christians thinking it's theirs and thinking the gays have tried to steal it from them. I just think that's hilarious. So that's a good one, God. Well done. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what, <clears throat> pardon me, other po- other folks have to say. Uh, our audience always comes up with uh, wonderfully atrocious answers to all mm-hmm. of our our questions. So please give it give it to us, and we'll read uh, the the top three next week. Well, um, what say you to take a call? I Let's was uh, I was so excited before. I'm going to go ahead and pick Chuck. Chuck is a feller coming out of Hawaii. And and Chuck says miracles found in the Bible as well as science. I don't know what that means, but Chuck, you're going to explain it to us. You are on the atheist experience with Dave Warnock and Johnny P. Tell us about a miracle in the Bible. Oh, well, the Christians say that there's lots of miracles in the Bible about talking snakes and talking donkeys and uh, yeah, turning water into wine, walking on the water, all kinds of things. Okay. But, well, you're not going to you're not going to hear any disagreement from us. We know that they say that they say a lot of stuff, don't they? But what about it? Why should we care? Well, they, they just say that it's a miracle. You know, it's no explanation for it. <clears throat> Uh, except that uh, God caused it to happen. Yeah, and okay. I think that's the same thing in science. <laughs> hmm. how, how is a miracle the same thing as science? I'm a little confused there. Well, in science, there's uh, there's oxygen. The, uh keeps everything alive. We wouldn't be alive if we didn't have oxygen. But in the oxygen science, there's out. oxygen? <clears throat> hmm? Yeah, one yeah. of the... Yeah. One of the yeah, what do you mean? You don't believe in the oxygen either? You said in science there's oxygen. Uh, is that did you misspeak did you did you because in real life there's oxygen not just in science which is a a a way of examining the world perhaps he means that science has shown us that there's oxygen around us that we breathe science is what's revealed how the world works because we didn't understand it back in the bronze age when they wrote the bible yeah yeah. is that what you meant chuck well yeah there's lots of things in science that that are strange that goes on and on and on. Oxygen doesn't wear out. Oxygen isn't used up. There's no place on the uh, on the planet that generates new oxygen to replace that oxygen that's used up because it isn't used up. It works over and over and over and over and over. I, I, it just keeps on working. Now, I don't, isn't, I don't you call that a miracle? I don't think that's, strictly speaking, I don't think that's true. I think that oxygen takes multiple forms with, with multiple, uh, uh, there's O2, O3, uh, and I, I believe, and I'm not a scientist, I'm famously not a scientist, but I believe that 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 the oxygen element forms and and breaks down and reforms through 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 processing. Of course, the, the chat will tell me I'm wrong if I am, but yeah, I think it does wear out, and I think. But it I guess does, I'm. Yeah, I'm more than that. I'm having trouble.
trouble still correlating the miracles with science. Um, I guess I'm, are you trying to say, Chuck, and help me understand what you're saying, clarify. Are you trying to say that science shows us what really is happening when previous generations or years ago, people would have thought that such and such was a miracle um, or the work of a God, like thunder and lightning, they attributed to the work of gods because they didn't understand what they were. But over years, science or scientists or people discovering things and understanding things helped us understand what was really happening around us. So we didn't need to relegate those things to gods and religions and superstitions. Is that kind of what you're saying, Chuck? Well, science says there is no God. And so they're not going to say that uh, no. it's a miracle from no. some God. No, Chuck. No, science I guess I'm still losing you there. Yeah, Chuck, science doesn't say there is no God. I don't know what uh, back of a cereal box you're getting your... Uh, science says information from science uh, doesn't have an opinion as to whether or not god exists um but there's no good evidence that god exists from a scientific point of view that isn't the same as saying oh, that god great. doesn't exist chuck come on you know better than that right no you're no you're just given the atheist uh point of view but science oh. says there is no god Okay, where does Everything it say that? Chuck, about. where Chuck, where does it say that? Where in the science book does the it science say that? Book. Yeah. The science book. Or, <laughs> yeah. The science <laughs> There's a yeah. science book. The science the book science. doesn't say anything about God. They oh. At all. It doesn't okay. say anything about God. So it so doesn't that, say there is no God, Chuck. Yeah. That's you, just, you just made your own point there. Yeah, thank you. I refuted your own point. You made right. Johnny's point. We're going to take a victory lap on that one, Chuck. What else you got? Well, that's what I was talking about is miracles. The miracles in the Bible. Uh, you say, atheists say there is no miracles. They don't believe there's miracles. Okay, let me, let's uh, cut to the chase, Chuck. Hey, Chuck, yeah. let's talk about you. Forget about what atheists say. Forget about what science says. What do you say? Do you believe when you read about miracles in the Bible, do you believe that they are true, that they really happened, that a donkey talked to Balaam, that a snake talked to Eve, that a man named Jesus walked on water and rose from the dead? Do you, let's forget about what science says or what atheists say or anyone else. Talk about Chuck in Hawaii. What do you say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, I mean, I wasn't there, so I can't be an eyewitness, but I believe it's possible. If you can believe the first verse in the Bible, God created the heavens and the earth, then you certainly should be able to believe that he could make a donkey talk or a person walk on water. That's not... Oh. Uh, that's, it's a I'm asking you... Do you I, 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 I'm asking... And of course, none of us were there, whatever there was, or when that, whatever that was. But if we're talking about a, a mythical Garden of Eden um, 6,000 plus years ago, you, you are you saying you believe that... Um, a snake or a serpent, the Bible literally says, um, seduced Eve to eat a piece of fruit, who then seduced Adam to eat a piece of fruit, thereby condemning all of mankind to a life of original sin. Do you believe that story to be true? Well, I believe that it's possible. I mean, no, I, no, 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 no. There are a lot of things that are possible. I'm asking you a point blank yes and no question. Do you believe that story actually happened as recorded in the book of Genesis, which you've already made reference to? I don't know. You got okay, a, cool. I don't either. Attitude. That you, <laughs> I, see, mm, hey, Chuck. What'd you say? Chuck. Do you? Chuck. 
What you don't you know. Yeah. Let me let me pause real you, if I can, Dave. Chuck. You always say you don't know, and you always say I don't know is an answer. But I can also tell you, we can also tell you, Chuck, that I don't believe it. I don't know, but, but I okay. don't believe it. You that's don't know, okay. but do you believe it? Ah. <laughs> Well, that's kind of, you're trying to put me in a funny situation because I can say that I it's like, possible. Yeah. I could believe it if, it's, if it happens. Okay, but do well, you I believe it, Chuck? Do you believe it? You don't know. I don't know a lot of stuff, but I believe yeah. certain things. And so I can say this. I don't know, just like you. I don't know that uh, a that- seven-day creation took place, but I don't believe it. Do you say, I don't know, Johnny, but I believe it? Which is it? What is it? I am not a religious person. Okay. okay. I don't right. know what's going on, all these things that are going on. I'm not an authority on anything, but I can discuss You're, it. Can't you discuss sure. it? Chuck, Chuck, you are an authority on what you believe, all right? I'm an authority on what I believe. And I can tell you, I don't believe it. Here's the best way. Here's the way I approach things. Not the best way. That just because I approach something some way doesn't mean it's the best way. It probably is, but it's not necessarily true. It When you say, when I pose that question about a snake talking to them and walk, people walking on water, the miracles of the Bible, you say... They could happen. Well, if we take that approach, we could say anything could happen. But the way I live my life is I don't expect unreasonable things to happen, miraculous things to happen that I haven't seen happen or haven't been recorded to happen by reputable people over the course of human history. So to say that something could happen, yeah, we could say that about anything. An alien could come sit on the top of my head as I'm doing this show today. That's never happened in the history of humankind, recorded humankind. So I wouldn't sit around thinking that could happen. I don't I don't think you. things that are ridiculous are about to happen. Now, if I'm surprised and shocked by something ridiculous happening one day, then I'll change my attitude about it. But I tend to live my life based about around what what things are most likely to happen based upon the things we've seen, based upon sound logic, sound reason, and good evidence. That, in my opinion, is the best way to live life. Otherwise, we just sit around thinking, oh, who could do anything could happen? Life's living. You never know. That's it doesn't make any sense to live life that way. Well, you do. You believe the things that science says, even though they don't make any sense. I don't believe them. I accept the evidence that science puts in front of me. I don't have to believe something that has sound evidence. There's no belief required. Science presents you with miracles. They don't present you with evidence. There's There's no miracles in science. Hey, Chuck, what's a miracle? Define a miracle to me. What's a miracle in your view? Uh, Well, I guess it's something that happens and there's no explanation for it. So... Okay. Well, God did it. Okay. Tell me what what happens in science, as you put it, that you would classify as a miracle. Give me an example. The Big Bang and uh, evolution and uh, subatomic particles. Those are miracles? Atoms has electrons to fly around it with no explanation of why they're flying around it and how, what's powering (laughs) them. Science gives you all this crap and you believe it because it's basically just another religion. And that's the religion you accept. Dave, Dave, this this is this is Chuck from Hawaii. This is I see. This is this is Chuck from Hawaii's approach to the world. Chuck is is a gentleman who's called before who believes that that science is uh, above 
bunch of hooey in, in some format and yet is calling us on a on a telephone. Yeah. And science. Mm-hmm. And we have a YouTube program <coughs> with uh, that yeah. utilizes an understanding that humans have of electromagnetism and you know whatever else goes into it, uh, the Internet and video recording technology and the, the, the power network and everything else. But and even though it, a scientific understanding of these of these phenomena and the ability to manipulate the electromagnetic spectrum in such a way to to make these kind of things happen, that's just make believe. It's that, a hooey. That, that's hu- Bunch of hooey, hooey, Johnny. Bunch of hooey. It's, it's hooey. Chuck, um, I think, Chuck, that you maybe should go uh, no, study don't. a little bit more of the science that you believe is not real. I'm going to let you go. I would encourage you to go to the library and pick up a, a, a high school book on basic science and then bring to us some more specific um, how about how about this? Let's talk about electromagnetism. When you call back, I want you to say that you read a, a chapter of a book about electromagnetism, and you want to talk about how that's make believe based upon your studies. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, Forrest will be on. Maybe Ben. Maybe any of the other hosts who can really grill yeah. you on your understanding. And I'm not a scientist. I do know that. Yeah, I have ALS, Chuck. It's a motor neuron disease. Um, it's fatal. It it will kill me. I've had it for several years, but they. They don't understand what causes it. Medical science does not understand it. So therefore, I am a walking miracle. How about that? We should end on that, Chuck. There you go. Well, thank you, Chuck, for calling. I, um, you know, you've witnessed a miracle. It's, yep. it's Dave. You're looking at He's one here. right here. He's right there. I'm a miracle. Uh, if you'd like what we do, Praise Chuck be. and everyone else, <laughs> blessed be. Uh, there's some ways you can support the atheist community of Austin and the atheist experience. You can become a member for as little as 99 cents a month. Click That's the join cheap. button below the video, and this will give you access to special chat emoji. And you can mm. send a super, super chat with a question or a comment, which will be read live on air during the show. Speaking of which, we got one right here. Greg Markowski has sent us 20 bucks. Greggy, thank you, sir. Having to work today. Thanks for making it go a little faster. Well, glad we could help. Yeah, be, be careful. Don't work too. F- Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fast and always been with the news. Love Greg. Great guy. Uh, thank you so much. All right. We're going to take our second call. Our second call is going to be Javier. Javier is a chap coming out of Florida. And mm, Javier mm, asks, mm. is it possible to falsify God? You're on Atheist Experience with Dave Warnock and Johnny P. Is it possible to falsify God? What do you think? You tell us, and then we'll tell you what we think. 
hey, gentlemen. I was, uh, hey, Javier. Story of the Tower of Babel. Oh, Xavier. I, I said Xavier. Hmm. Oh, Xavier. Xavier. Sorry. Xavier. Sorry. Xavier. Call screening. Uh, okay. Gotcha. No, it's like Paul Screener wrote it. Uh, no, it's okay. Thank you, guys. Uh, no, I just I was reading the Tower of Babel story, um, and it seems to uh, it says that God is above the sky. So I'm still a theist, but mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. but if God's not above the sky, though, like, because we know what's above the sky. So does this falsify God, um, or God just can, can God exist outside of space and time? Uh, the argument is that God does exist outside of space and time, and I suppose God is above the sky is a meta metaphor for beyond i don't know space time. i suppose you could look at it that way and and ancient people shepherding their goats and sheep wouldn't have understood and so god sent his uh, his word down to them in a way that they could understand i suppose that's the apologetic I, and i think that rather than falsifying god it more or less falsifies the understanding of god that the writers of the scriptures had yeah. because if the people who wrote whoever wrote the story of the Tower of Babel um, would have thought at that point in time that the things above the the clouds, which is as far as they could see and know and understand, because they had no understanding of what was beyond that, and they understood that God lived above them in that way, that that somehow the people of Earth could build a tower tall enough to reach to God. And I mean, that's laughable to us now. And and also even the writers of the New Testament, if you remember when Jesus rose from the dead, ostensibly, um, and, and hung around with his disciples for a few days, and then rose up into heaven, um, uh, up into the clouds. Again, that was their understanding of where heaven was and where God was. It just clearly shows that they had no clue about these things. And I, I, it's clear that the God that's supposed to be omniscient and omnipresent and omnipowerful, oh, omniscient is omnipowerful, sorry. This God that's supposed to know all these things and telling the writers of the scriptures these things clearly didn't communicate well enough to let them know that about the atmosphere, that the earth was round. That's why people today who cling to a, a literal interpretation of scripture think the earth is flat. They hold more weight on what the scripture says than what science, sorry Chuck from Hawaii, has shown us about the way the world works. And so the writers of the scriptures in Genesis for the Tower of Babel, in the Gospels for Jesus rising up into the clouds, they had no clue about how the world really worked. And if the God of the universe was communicating to them, as supposedly he was, in a way that they could write the scriptures that was supposed to carry all the um, great and important things of of how we should live, they had no clue. And the God that was supposed to know all these things wasn't telling them for some reason. So it doesn't falsify God. It falsifies any relationship that the God of the universe would have with his creation, in my view. Yeah, I don't I don't fault the ancient people for for thinking that there was more up above the clouds. We had to start somewhere. Yeah. Right. What else could they think? What else could they think? They they had only their own very anthropocentric view of the world. And it had to be that way because the, the continued existence of themselves and their family and their clan group, whatever, was the most important thing. And it it continued their survival. And so they built upon that. We've gotten there because people started there. 
someone posited that there mm-hmm. was more first of all that there was there was more past the clouds and then yeah. and then it got more sophisticated the stars are not holes in a cloak and then we realize that at some point it's other suns just like ours and then someone asked what if there's if there are other suns like ours then maybe there's other planets maybe there's other beings and and all these attempts to understand the world it's it's admirable but here's the thing it's a childlike like species wise it's a childlike understanding of the universe that we live and to quote first corinthians 13 uh, verse 11 when i was a child i talked like a child i thought like a child Mm -hmm. i reasoned like a child but when i became a man i put the ways of childhood behind our problem is that as a species some of us won't put the ways of childhood behind this way of magical thinking this Mm -hmm. anthropocentric this human centric i'm the most important thing in the world give me give me give me 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 my 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 now 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 to quote captain hook from hook Uh, (laughs) that's a childhood a childish way of looking at the world yeah and we who don't believe that stuff we've got a a more nuanced more i don't know smallified what's the word i'm thinking realistic dehumanistic view of the universe is just we're one tiny oh yeah we we see our place in it and our place is not the center of it or the apple of god's eye that's why i I love your you mentioning that verse it's why i called my memoir childish things because in my view my deconstruction of of my faith was me essentially putting away childish things so you should get your copy of that johnny by the way (laughs) well you know Uh, xavier what do you think about what we're saying about uh what you're posing your question can we falsify god what are your thoughts on that yeah um ancient peoples were wrong about science and probably history but I, i don't see how that falsifies god um I also want to add that uh, Jesus, um, in the sermon, in his uh, Olivet Discourse, he said, I will gather my elect from the four winds of the earth. So it seemed like Jesus believed in a flat earth, but um, I, I just don't see how this falsifies, like, that there's a divine deity that will send us to hell when we die. Well, Xavier, I don't think you're going to get there falsifying God as a concept. But I, we can say this, that we know that the earth isn't flat. And so the four winds of the earth or whatever that might be, you can falsify that understanding. But I think that what you end up getting is a God of the gaps is the God, the concept of God that is that is put forth by the biblical writers philosophically, scientifically, socially, mor- moralistically or morally keeps on retreating, keeps on retreating when we know mm-hmm. more about the world we live in, how human act, and is always on his heels. And so be more specific about it. We're not going to attack, we're not going to be able to to falsify the concept necessarily of some sort of quote unquote higher being because Jesus, the character of Jesus in an ancient book says that he'll, you know, there's four winds and maybe the earth is flat, whatever it might be. But we can at least get rid of that understanding of the world by that God. So so if if Jesus was a divine being who had access to eternal truths, objective reality, well, we know he didn't because he talks about the earth being flat unless you're going to give him a pass and saying he was explaining it to people who believed in a flat earth except he was talking to people in judea during the roman empire and the earth was already proven to be round by was it anaxagoras at that point um and who knows if that was commonly accepted i don't know but um yeah think of it that way if you wish xavier thoughts um yeah um i guess they just keep putting god above the universe when science disproves specific claims so it keeps becoming unreachable to scientifically verify that there is a God. Um, 
Yeah. Um, so well, it, and I would it, ask it you, why you, becomes impossible? You're listed as a theist, Xavier, on our on our call-in studio. Okay, on our our, our program that, I am. that has called. I am. So so why do you believe? Why do you believe that a god exists? I'm scared of hell. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, all right. Are you afraid of? Are you afraid of? Um, did you see Big Trouble in Little China? No, it's a good one. Um, the the hero of the story keeps talking about various Chinese hells, the hell where this happens, the hell where that happens. It's pretty funny. But are you afraid of the the multitude of Chinese hells? No, but maybe they're talking about the same hell. Okay. Well, how do you how do you go to hell and how do you not go to hell? <laughs> By. Um by disagreeing with the wrong churches. Uh, I see. Um, and how would you determine... with certain religions. Okay. So how would you determine which one is the right religion? Looking at it objectively. Um, Not from the perspective of being raised... Were you raised Christian or something else? Christian. No, I'm okay. a Roman no. Catholic. Okay. okay. You were a Roman Catholic? Been one since the day you were born? Yeah. Well, the day I got baptized as a newborn, as a toddler, uh, as a baby. All right. Back up from your Catholicism, because I was raised Catholic as well. All right. Altar boy communion confession uh the uh, confirmation the whole deal right although i didn't really believe by the time i was confirmed they did it for my mother which was hey mother's day it was a mistake but yeah harmless okay back up away from your upbringing if you would in, in, in create a little alternate universe all right if, if it makes you afraid to do that because we've had callers that are afraid to even question because god's gonna burn them for all of time but pretend that we're in a, a thought experiment okay you are a human being you have heard of the concept of hell you don't want to go there because we we pursue pleasure and we avoid pain okay how would you objectively speaking select which religion to follow how would you do it um which one has the most valid claim to authority mm, all right i think that would be the most likely true okay not how not, not with certainty but yeah no no beyond you a reasonable think that's doubt catholicism based upon the history of catholicism you think the catholic church fits that criterion yeah it's not just numbers it's a certain validity like a certain cohesion like they've managed to keep the the most number of followers um due to its own authority you know okay. how they've kept that johnny i mean uh xavier They've kept that by keeping people afraid of hell, like well, you. Xavier, is your argument that the reason why Catholicism is the most valid is because it's been around for about 2,000 years, give or take, right? In one form or another, but the form of the religion is pretty much the same as when it started, and it has a billion followers. Is that your argument? Uh, numbers and a certain cohesion that um, standardizes its a claim to authority. Okay, cohesion. What do you mean by cohesion? Like, they have the least amount of split-offs, um, they maintain its essential core doctrines in a succession, like an apostolic succession. Okay, hang on a second. The least amount of split-offs. In the beginning, we had the Catholic Church, or we had the Church, right? And Peter and all those guys, right? But then we we had split-offs. We had the Arians, we had the Manichaeists, we had uh, Dave. You could probably name off a few more uh, Pelagianists. I think that was that was those are some split-offs too from the original Church. And then and then we go farther along. We've got we've got uh, you know, Martin Luther split off. We've got the Presbyterians and mm -hmm. Pentecostals and, and 6,000 denominations, Christianity. 
sounds like there's a lot of split offs. Mm -hmm. uh, Xavier, aren't there a lot of a lot of groups that have split off from the Catholic Church, right? Yeah, yeah, but how it do you know remains the largest? Um, so what? So what? It's the largest. Um, um, the, what's the largest beer in in the world? Let's say it's Budweiser. Okay, let's just say it's Budweiser. Does that mean Budweiser is the best beer? Objectively speaking, I don't think anyone's really going to say that. Xavier, do you, you say you're a Christian or a theist, um, a Catholic, because you are afraid of hell? Um, would you would you would you say you love God? Um, um, not as not, uh, I'm supposed to. Um, but no, do you, do you? Hell, it's kind of it's a complicated relationship. Do you you don't so you'd say I, you, you're not because the first commandment God. the first commandment is to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Do you do you say that you do that? Is that something you can adhere to? Yeah, I've been loving Him my whole life. Um, okay, but are you? Too. No, I'm not saying how good of a person you know, how well you keep his commandments, that kind of stuff. You know, all Christians that I know of say, "Oh, well, we all sin." You know, nobody's perfect. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a relationship here. Would you? I don't know if you're a father or not, but <clears throat> imagine a son or a daughter of a father or a mother only loving that father because they're afraid if they didn't that that father would cast them into some burning basement somewhere for eternity because they didn't please them the way that they should have should have that is an illustration of the kind of relationship you're describing to me between you and the god that you claim to love imperfectly would that be fair yeah that sounds about right do you, do you think that's a healthy relationship is that the kind of relationship you would want with one of your children or any child on the earth that you would want for them and a parent and if that's the only thing keeping you in that relationship, I would say you need to really take a hard look at that and ask yourself, is that the best way to live the one life that we know we have? Because it doesn't sound like you're getting much out of it. <laughs> and it doesn't sound like God's getting much out of it. If the only part of it that he's involved in is watching you to make sure you don't mess up enough that he throws you into hell. That's a terribly toxic and abusive relationship. And I hope you can see that. And I hate that you live your life and, and maintain a relationship with this God figure based solely on the fear that he would throw you into hell if you didn't. Um, I, if you'll take a step back, as Johnny was at, you know, suggesting, I think you'll, you'll see the concept of a hell in some other netherworld of some place of eternal torment of whatever kind you want to call it is, is incredibly remote, the idea that that even exists. So I would wish that you could get free from that fear and that concept and live a life of freedom and uh, liberty and autonomy and be the best version of yourself you can be, because that's possible for you. That's out there. And I would encourage you to reach for it. Yeah. Yeah. Xavier, I want the same thing that Dave wants for you, too. Um, it's probably going to be a difficult path, but we encourage you to really evaluate whether you are convinced by the claims of Catholicism because they're legit. And I'm sorry, sheer numbers and the fact that they've been around for a long time ain't going to cut it. There's a lot of bad ideas have been around for a long, longer than that. Mm -hmm. And you you reject those. Uh, but that you you're afraid. Fear. Fear is the mind killer. If you can step away from the <laughs> yeah. fear of burning forever um, and really evaluate the claims of Catholicism, you may find that they're not very good. And that's how you're afraid to really critically analyze uh, and, and reject the claims of it, or at least say there's not enough evidence for it. Yeah. I personally don't want to live in a universe where whatever 
mistakes I may make over the next 50 years, if I'm lucky, uh, will determine how I spend all of eternity that I burn, skin melting off of my my bones, the uh, torturous thirst, uh, flames licking, you know, the insides of my whatever. Um, that just sounds, sounds terrible. Or I live in paradise with a deity that requires perfect obedience forever forever can never think that there might be something better that i must be a, that i must be a prisoner of the divine warden and if i don't i'll get sent down to hell that's just that's just awful it's just there's awful. a life yeah there's a life beyond all of that there's a life of freedom yeah. xavier yeah. there's an organization called recovering from religion you can find it online recoveringfromreligion.org there's um, agents chat people you can talk to. I would encourage you to reach out to them and talk to them about, I mean, you may not be ready today, but one day maybe you are ready to examine and think through yeah. some of these ideas that you've held your whole life that, you know, in my view, and, and apparently it's keeping you in bondage and, and to a, to a really masochistic God figure. And, and I'm, I really am sad about that for you and reach out to recovering from religion. Talk to yeah. the people there. You can have, there's a lot, there's a lot better way to live, bro. Really, mm -hmm. really. And truly, I, I don't want that for you. Yes, Life's sir. too short. Indeed. Dave, <clears throat> Dave well said. I don't think, I don't think you guys, uh, yeah, I think you guys are good people. I don't think you deserve hell either. Um, you know, I don't think any of us do. I just, uh, I, that's why I, it's not I, real. I, proves that there is one it's fake dude yeah. it's not what? real it, i know that there is one yeah it's, i'm making it's a not claim there. it's not I'm, there nobody deserves it yeah nobody's going there it's a made-up thing to keep yeah. people in line that's yeah. it don't worry you're not alone people have been spooked by hell for two thousand years longer yep. than that so you're in a long tradition of people being sold this yep. this you're not threat. the only one that's been duped it's it's a it's a long-running it's yeah. a it's a long-running prank that keeps people like you in line and it's yeah. worked for you. And I'm just telling you, bro, you can get free from it and, and let, let that thing fade in the background. Yes. Xavier, we're going to let you go. Um, Take care, bro. Call back, share your thoughts in the future. We want to hear from you. Good luck to you in your journey. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, Dave, um, I've never really had a fear of hell. I've personally had a fear of heaven. Yeah. I believe. Heaven sounds awful. Heaven sounds just terrible. <laughs> Hosanna, um, Hosanna, Hosanna for 50 million years. I get songs stuck in my head. Um, regular songs. Can you imagine yeah. singing for an eternity? No, no forget uh. it. Hey, we have a channel <laughs> that houses all the ho all of the shows of the ACA in audio podcast form. Visit tiny.cc slash AEN podcast. There you can listen to all the latest shows from the Atheist Experience, Talk Heathen, Truth Wanted, the nonprofits, and all the other shows we've ever done on one channel. Support us as well on Patreon at tiny.cc slash Patreon AXP. We've got another super chat, and I'm going to read this one, if that's all right with you, Dave. Go for um, it. King Nick, 1994, all hail King Nick, sends us 10 euros. Thank you so much for that. That's pretty cool. No one's ever given me a euro before. Uh, I don't get to keep it. Though. It's not real money. You know that, right? Well, <laughs> devil money, no, I'm sure. King Some Nick, we know it is. We think <laughs> Spends pretty well. It's been um, better. D uh, King Nick says, Dave's memoir is fantastic. I've read it twice already. Can't mm, wait for you. your second book, A Smiley Face. Nice. Nice to hear. Thank you. And Johnny and Dave, if you know it, who's your favorite Cimmerillion character? My favorite Cimmerillion character is Anatar, Lord of Gifts, a.k.a. Spoilers. Plug your ears. It's, it's Sauron. It's Sauron. He went into hiding after the fall of Morgoth, came back, and he came back as Anatar, Lord of Gifts, and he schmoozed his way into, uh, I think it was the Noldor, he taught them how to, how to make ring. And then, oops, 
it turns out it was Sauron the entire bed. Uh, Dave, do you have a favorite Cimmerian I, character? I have no idea what you're talking about. Is Are these fantasy football characters? Because that's kind of what I'm into. It's uh, it's my version of fantasy <laughs> football. Is yes. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm, I'm so I think you're yeah. just giving everyone a hint that you like gifts. So that's people right. send Johnny P. Angel some gifts. Don't you dare. Don't you dare send me any gifts. But yeah, who, that's what you want. Who's on my who's on my Cimmerian fantasy football team? Well, we got Anatar Lord of Gifts. Obviously, we got Tulkas. Oh, best Probably. wide receiver. Yeah, best wide yeah. receiver. You got, uh, Yards uh, after catch. Awesome. There you go. T- Tom Bombadil is going to be in there too. Uh, <laughs> Bjorn and uh, Huar, I believe. But 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 enough of that. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Enough of that. Um, we're going to take our third. And I'm going to take uh, I'm gonna take Tasha. Tasha is a gal coming out of the Lone Star state of Texas. Mm. And she's asking, is the belief in aliens becoming a religion? Tasha, what do you think? Do you think it's Hi. becoming a religion? Hi, Tasha. Um. Well, well, from what I've seen, I have a friend who has uh, become disconcerted with Catholicism, and she's going on her spiritual journey to find something that fits for her. And it seems to me that what she's landed on is that uh, she has a creation myth, the aliens seeded humanity on the Earth. She has them watching over us. They visit in spaceships and watch over us, mm-hmm. and they interfere with us by kidnapping people and doing things. Doing like, things. And what are they doing? What are they doing? Nefarious things. I, I'm not. I'm not sure what the aliens do when they kidnap people. It's just mm. her. I want to find they out. They, they get I our best recipes. For that. Yeah, I, I would like yeah. that that experience. I'm all about the experiences. So I want to be kidnapped by an alien, taken upon their spaceship, and have things done whatever that is <laughs> right. it's not the royal treatment but, i don't think I, I i don't think i want to have things done to me <laughs> but, yeah. oh it's consensual obviously oh, okay so tasha right. i mean she has yeah what do you think she, does that sound crazy have, to you um it it, it seems kind of crazy to me uh it i don't know if this is media driven and I know that she has basically replaced one belief system with a belief in aliens. Um, but And I thought this might just be just her. But then in my travels through the world, I've talked to other people who are like, yeah, the aliens designed us and put us here. So it's not just her, but she's not yeah. talking with these other people. They're not organized. They're not mm-hmm. going to a building once a week to visit each other. Yeah. So what qualifies as a religion and is this like are we watching the beginnings of a new of a new religion? 
I doubt it. I mean, somebody somebody could, or to my view, religion has to be organized and there's money involved. Uh, somebody has to be making money for it to be a legitimate religion because that seems to be the primary motivator there and control. Um, in my view, if, if nobody, now, if there are enough of these people floating around who have these alien uh, beliefs, if you will, it seems ripe. I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking to myself, this might be an opportunity for me I haven't really seized upon because I'm charismatic. I can be a leader. I think I could form a religion around this. But no, I would have to suspend too much um, rational thinking. And I'm not very good at that anymore. But I think somebody could organize it and make it a religion. The Internet is is a tool that allows people to do that. But as to my knowledge yet, I haven't seen evidence of anyone doing that. Um, so I think it probably is just people who have similar ideas that um, find each other here and there and share these ideas that, that seem to be in common in some ways. I, I don't know. What do you think, Johnny? Yeah, I think you'd have to, <clears throat> I guess we'll find, we, well, we won't find because it'd probably take like a hundred years or so. But I, I think that in order for a, it to form into a religion, you've going to have to have a bit of dogma, a bit of orthodoxy, right? There need to have community. Mm-hmm. I would imagine forming around this core belief, a stratification, perhaps. Maybe I'm looking at it too much in in the form of like a Western religion, but even Buddhism has a kind of priestly class, followers, yeah. various segmented society according to the belief system, a universal uh, viewpoint. I don't think we have that yet. I guess it could form, but I don't think there is an orthodox view of aliens of seeded planet. It, somebody in the comment made some reference to the movie Prometheus. It is kind of like that. Um, but we know that it used to be that that sort of hocus pocus people believed in angels and pixies and fairies for a long, long time. They still do. And but it was it was more dominant. And now it's extraterrestrials and harmony of the spheres and, and various things like that. I think this is just the latest iteration of loosey goosey uh, spiritualism with a mm. pseudoscientific flavor to it. You know, we know that there are other stars and that there are other planets or we have lots of evidence for it. Yeah, and aliens are possible. You know, we don't uh, to assume that we're the only inhabited planet is a bit arrogant uh, in my view. But uh, Tasha, why why do you think your friend has latched onto this? What do you think's behind that? Well, I am wondering if because she was raised in the Catholic Church, like I keep wondering why people even care how the Earth got here, how we got here. I mean, everything is here as far as I can remember, and I expect it all to be here tomorrow. Thank you. I've been saying that forever. Thank you. And I yep. have I have never I I've never needed like it's big bang and all that very interesting but whatever. I'm I'm <laughs> it's not my particular interest. Yeah. And uh but I think perhaps because she was posed these questions as a child and she expects this need to fulfill an answer. Yeah. So it, yeah. She doesn't believe the Catholic answer anymore. She must find an answer somewhere else. Yeah. 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 There's, a, there's a discomfort a lot of people have, which is simply saying, I don't know. There's, it seems yeah. to be the three hardest words for many people to say. And when, when people, someone asks me, well, how do we get here then if it's not God? I'm, a, I'm okay with saying, you know what? I don't know. As smarter people than do than me have some pretty good ideas. But to your point, Tasha, and this is what I've said on many shows like this, 
I don't really give a shit. We're here now. We got here somehow. What I don't see is any God anywhere doing anything for anyone, period. That's what we need to be talking about. What's this God doing who supposedly put us here? So I, I don't know. Your friend is a, lot, is a lot like many people I've run into. They have a need to believe in something because it's uncomfortable to say, I don't know. Yeah. And they want to they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, when I deconstructed from my Christian faith, I came to a place pretty quickly of saying, you know what? I don't believe any religion of any God, any kind of thing. I don't feel the need to have faith in anything. I'm okay living in a world of logic and reason and evidence. And what I don't have evidence for and what doesn't make sense to me, I'm okay with setting it to the side until it does make sense and I do have evidence. And that, to me, has been a much more reasonable way to live. But some people just really have a problem not believing in something. And I don't really know what's behind that other than the insecurity of living in a world that's just chaotic and random and unpredictable. And that can be a very fearful place to live. And so we want to make up stories that make that make more sense than it really does. And I, I suspect that's what's behind a lot of people's need to believe in something. Yeah, I would add to that. Is, is oh, it, go ahead. Go is ahead. it Never an mind. insidious trick to propose these questions to people that aren't even asking them? What no. questions do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? Is it a manipulation to ask a child, like, where did the world come from, and then give them the answer? Like, it seems to me that a lot of religion, actually, every religion I know of has a yeah. creation story. So right. is that just a, once you figure out that trick of asking that question, now you have a manipulative hold on people, and they would never have asked that question themselves? I. I don't think that uh, there's a few things I'd like to pull apart there. One, I don't have any kid that I know of. And I think we ask children <laughs> questions to 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 make them think about the world, right? We we ask them how did that happen or why do you think that is? And that's a good way of getting them to think. Let them mm -hmm. let their imaginations uh stretch and and maybe not giving them the answers. That that's I think the the insidious part of it, right? But asking the question is nothing wrong with it. I I have I have nieces and nephews right? And I've been around kids my whole life in one form or another. And I like to joke with kids, right? I'll, I'll tell them, you know, obvious lies. Like when I was your age, I had to walk up, you know, I had to walk to school in the blizzard both ways. And that was that true in my case. That was yeah, true in my case. And then they'll say, you're lying. You're a liar, faker. And things like that. Like, oh, I'm not lying. And then you're preparing them for, for uh, critical thinking, I guess. It's also fun to throw things at you. kids. Kids can be fun, there, right? Um, but asking those questions are great. Um, I think giving them an answer and then not encouraging the questions is what's insidious. Mm -hmm. And we hear this a lot. There, who who's um was it uh, Freedom from Religion Foundation? The founder um asked something where it was if if G if God if Jesus isn't real, then whose slave am I? Right or some 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 quote like that. That's the kind of thinking that I think is is broken. But by asking the question, how did the world get here? Who created the world? You you are opening yourself up to the idea that no one like well why is it got to be a who? You've but you've got to teach mm -hmm. that critical thinking. So um I don't I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with asking the question i think it's like putting a stop to the to the questioning is where the problem is. it should never stop the questioning should always continue yeah questioning that is or when parents are questioning children with a predetermined answer which is indoctrination 
most people who grow up in a particular faith are, are indoctrinated at a young age, and that's parents force feeding the answers to the universe to their children because they believe it's important for their children to believe the this, the right things. I did that as a parent, as a Christian parent. I taught my children what what to believe, not how, not what to think, not how to think. That was wrong. I, I've recognized that now, and and so to Johnny's point that to ask questions of kids or to stimulate their questioning and their curiosity is a good thing. It causes them to think about um, big questions and to look for answers, but to to force feed answers to them that would correlate with a worldview that we want them to have because we know, quote unquote, that it's right, that's indoctrination and that is insidious. We don't think it's insidious at the time. We're not trying to be Dr. Evil here. We're just doing what we've t- been taught to do and train up a child in the way it should go kind of thing, what the Bible instructed us to do. So Christians who indoctrinate their children think that they're doing a good thing for them because they want them to be on the right side of the God question in their view. But actually just feeding questions, you know, how do you think we got here? What's 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 the world all about? That's a good thing. Stimulate creativity, I mean curiosity and questioning, you know, question everything is a good is a good mantra to to give kids. Um but yeah, that's I mean, what do you think about that, Tasha? Um I think math, science and debate class would be a pretty good solution. Yeah. But those things are teaching logic and with science you have to design experiments and try to analyze things, which mm-hmm. is a, a a second question if I may. I've yes. heard a lot of people say that atheism is a religion, but by your own definition, it's not collecting money and it's not meeting together every week in a building. It can um, be. So it wouldn't qualify. It you could. You could or yeah. it's more bigger um, but, bigger to the, more importantly to, to that, it's not a belief system. Yeah. To to Johnny's point earlier, it doesn't have a theology around it, it doesn't have any yeah. dogma. There's no one central I, set of tenets. I it's, would disagree. It's not a, how, okay. how so? I would disagree. It's it's a belief that logic and evidence can give you truth. That that is a belief. No, logic and evidence don't give us truth. Evidence reveals what's true, and logic points us in in the in the direction of what's true. But a belief system is something where I am stating a belief that I have to back up with evidence or some kind of support. I don't as an atheist. I mean, tell me what my belief system would be as an atheist. Yeah. An atheist simply says, I don't believe in, in a God. I don't see enough evidence to believe in a God. That's my definition of an atheist, period. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of it. But you're, you're already asserting that you would you would accept evidence. So the fact that you can rely but on... That's not belief. Logic, that's not... analysis, and evidence okay. that you trust logic, you believe that logic is trustworthy. Sure. Tasha, is, is a core room a religion as well well the, i the, that's the question of the day for me is what ends up <laughs> qualifying as a religion are aliens a religion well they're not meeting in a building and they're not collecting money and they're not organized mm-hmm. yeah so it seems like the qualifications to be a religion i was thinking it was like an origin myth and uh, a being watching over you it, it can be that, oh, yeah. i'm not i'm not an authority belief. on what i'm not that's, an authority on what constitutes a religion i don't think possibly anyone is um you know uh, any anything can be you can be religious 
about anything. Uh, you know that phrase. Uh, he he was he was religious about his workout routine. He it's worked a, out metaphor. religiously. It's a metaphor. You know, it's it's just an ideology that that means that you are adhering to something that's very important to you. Dedicated to a, a course yeah. of action. That's a metaphor, though. It's. <laughs> Not like it's a, it's not like I work out pretty regularly. Uh, it's, I don't. I, I'm not religious about it. I don't have rites and ceremonies. I guess I pay for gym, like equipment and stuff like that. But um, I try to eat healthy. Oh, but, do you do you go to a building with other people who also practice this belief? I don't because Ooh. I don't like people to see me sweat. Johnny's so, in no, workout I, religion. I work. I work out at home. But um, I think I think the difference is again that that there's all those other qualities because if you're talking about reliance upon logic and reasoning and evidence and things like that. I mentioned a courtroom, court, the legal system around the world, whatever it might be, that's not a religion. So it's got to be more than that. It's got to mm-hmm. be more than devotion to a certain idea because then every fandom is a religion. It's got to be more than just these small elements. It's all these things put together. And and I, d- I do believe that there that what we had talked about earlier, about there being certain rites and ceremonies, the hierarchy and orthodoxy, dogma, uh, stratification of society, a worldview, um, certain, certain views, all those things together. And I I will tell you, atheism, the atheists that I know, they're all very different. Ask 15 atheists what they think about a particular issue. You'll get 16 answers. Somebody like me will have two, two answers. So yeah. yeah. What are, what are you really just about Tasha? What, what, in in terms of what we've been talking about, what would your thing be? Um, well, my, my, uh, my spiritual journey is kind of really odd and unique because I was raised in a household that believed you should never discuss religion or beliefs that people must come to them on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have my own little personal belief system that I came to by myself and I'm still not ready to talk to other people about it. You don't have to. That's your business. Yeah, no, you don't. Not at all. And you're but, fine. That's why you called in to talk about your friend's belief system instead of yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm still I'm still working on my own, but I Well, you know, we all are. Honestly, I I, I religion. Yeah. Yeah, we all we all are working on. It. I think that's a good point. I I left evangelical Christianity about a dozen years ago, and since then I've identified as an atheist, an agnostic, a humanist, a free thinker, all those things. Because atheist, simply to me, as I stated before, simply means I do not see enough evidence to believe in a god. Therefore, I am atheist. I'm not, I'm not theist. What my worldview is would would be more of a humanist. I believe in humanity, the goodness of humans, that we all make our own fate, we make our own meaning. And therein lies the goodness of humanity. Um, that doesn't mean we're all good all the time. We can. Some of us can do bad things and hurt people, but we have the capacity to to uh, repair that and make amends for that, and so on. But I'm always open to learning new things and gaining new information and changing. I believe if we quit changing, we quit growing, and we quit becoming the better version of ourselves. I want to be the best version of myself when I die that I've ever been. I don't want to get stuck in a rut, stuck in a way of thinking that I can't be moved from. If you give me good evidence or good logic for something, I'm open to changing my mind. And I think that's a good, solid position from which to live. Agreed. It works for me. Agreed. All right, Tasha, we really appreciate your call. When you're ready to talk about your own personal belief system. Bring it, girl. uh, Let's talk about it. Come on down. Come here or go to Talk Heathen. They're a little nicer there. Although I think we're pretty nice today. I think oh, we're, we're damn nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. 
nicest. All right. Um, I've got. We've Thanks got, for your call, Tasha. Yeah, thank you so much. We've got merchandise. We want to complain that we have too many ads. Tough nuts, because we've got merchandise. This month sure. is special. We're bringing back the top three designs as rated by the fans for the month of May only. If you missed out on getting one of these before, here's your chance to get them. But hurry. They're only around till the end of the month. Use the discount code favorites for a 10% discount. Visit tiny.cc slash merch to get them now. And we want to send a big thank you. So much thank you to the crew who make this happen. Yay, we, crew. Were jo- we were joking earlier today that we talking heads are the ones that really make the yeah, show no. happen. There's and no I, show without these guys. Yeah, I had to beg for a background from immediately after making that joke. I had yeah. to crawl back That to was them. embarrassing. That yeah. was embarrassing. I was embarrassed for you, Johnny. I really was. I had to look away. So, someone's got to have shame for me. And might as well, <laughs> it might as well not be me. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we've got we got uh, Gregory. Gregory's uh, uh, Gregory the Great coming out of Louisiana. <laughs> and Gregory, you want to know how do you view loving God? I want to know how you view loving God first, and then we will share our views of that. Well, my my um, question is, it's more so an argument that I've been studying and hearing from the yeah. atheist point of view, and um, sure. typically it is. Uh, typically, it is if God is loving, how could He cause someone to burn forever? Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's come up. And a I'm bit. trying yeah. to, uh, I'm trying to, under, I'm trying to see if, and it's probably not like a exclusive thing. Far be it for me to say that I, you know, have the answer because I don't want to come off that way when I when I share this at all. But if we, if assuming just for a bit that Yahweh, the biblical God, was real. If he created everything, then he has an intrinsic right to do with it as he as he wills. Oof. So if he, you know, if he created everything, does, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I've heard this before. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Follow through with yeah. your thought, Gregory. Just follow that through and then we'll okay. respond to it. Yeah, because Johnny's getting sick in his okay. mouth right now. Yeah, so. go on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No problem. No problem at all. If he created everything as the inventor, so to speak, of everything, then he does have a right to do as he wills. So I know sometimes as humans, we have our own free will. So we we project what we perceive love to be or we can project on God how his love should be, you know, towards us. So I'm just trying to understand the argument or why often does the argument go to, well, if God is loving, why does he cast beings in the hell? I'm trying to understand mm. why that's like, why I hear that be the default position when in fact he would be the creator of everything. Okay. As if I had a computer that I really, really liked, you know, sure. and I know we don't like to define ourselves as computer, but if I had a computer that I really, really liked yeah. and it started getting to a point where it seemingly was beyond repair, beyond repair, 
I'd be able to throw it away. I still would love that computer. Like, man, I wish I could fix it. But the method that I utilized to fix it was the Christian would identify as Jesus Christ. I bet you wouldn't torture it for a bunch of years. I bet you wouldn't torture that computer for a bunch of years and then throw it away, would you? Just throwing that out there. Go into the fact that the, according to Christianity, the human spirit (laughs) is eternal. Sure. Okay, Gregory. You know, the Christianity. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to let you go. Gregory, let's use the computer analogy for as long as we can. Okay. A computer is an inanimate object that doesn't have feelings, goals, fears, pleasures, anything like that. So let's say that you were to create a computer because you're, you're like, you're, um, was it Dyson from from the Terminator? I can't remember his. Uh, you're you're the uh, you're a supercomputer man, okay? And you were able to design a computer that is so sophisticated that it becomes in some way self aware. It, it passes the Turing tests. Not a. It's not just a uh, able to spit out AI answers, but it actually is self aware. And somehow it, let's get let's give it assume that it that it is self aware, okay? And now as sure. the creator oh. of that computer, all right, you got two two ways of looking at this, okay? One from the creator's mm-hmm. point of view. I've, you have created something that is self-aware, that has goals and fears, it experiences pleasure and pain in some format, right? And mm-hmm. because you created it, you can go ahead and torture it. You can you can put viruses in. You can put logic problems that make it in agony. You can zap it with things. That's disgusting and cruel. You you surely you would acknowledge that just because you created it doesn't mean you could do whatever the hell you want with it. That you are now somehow beholden to it to to treat it with some sort of some sort of care. You are i would argue you have a fiduciary duty that a higher standard of care for the thing that you are responsible for bringing into an existence to some to some degree like that we have that with children we have that with pets we have that with people that we love and care for we owe them i think a greater duty to to act on their behalf on, on some in, in many circumstances but on the other side of it, okay on the other side of it you are the let's say you're the computer now Okay, you are the self-aware computer and you're getting you're getting all these conditions. You are getting forced to do A and forced to do B. You're being rewarded and punished. Why would you be why would it not be okay to say I don't like the conditions that my creator has put on me. Let's say if if God existed or if the computer maker existed. From the computer's perspective or from the human's perspective, all we have is our own perspective, right? From the perspective of a human living a human life with human desires and human fears and human whatever, right? The world that is being created for me by this divine creator is unacceptable. It might be perfectly fine for a God that doesn't really feel pleasure or pain because he exists outside of time. But as a, a limited being, I am being subjected to essentially a gun to my head. Either believe somehow, believe or obey, mm-hmm. or you will be tortured forever. I think it's fair for me to say by the standards of human justice that I can think that that's bullshit. This is independent of whether or not that actually exists, but I think it's acceptable that an all loving God by human standards does not do this to its creation. Therefore, either that doesn't happen or there is no such thing as the all loving God. Yeah, I think I'm going to respond to that. I think Christians who, who play that card that God created us and can do whatever he wants with his creation. And if he wants to torture them and throw them into hell or punish them in some way that we don't understand, then we're just clearly, 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 which I can't say clearly, not understanding God's love. We have a, a, a warped definition of love. And who are we, the creation? We're the vessel. He's the potter. And who are we to question how he made us? 
and and what love looks like. We clearly don't understand love. Christians can't have it both right. ways. Either either that's true because we're told that he created man in his own image. And then he tells us right. to love him, to love him. If we don't understand what love is, how the hell can mm-hmm. we love our creator? So either we don't understand what love is, or we do, and and we have this human emotion uh, because we're created in God's image. He has that emotion too. We have these simultaneous emotions that we both understand equally. And when we say, I love you, God, he understands what we mean because he made us in that way and created us to love him that way. So therefore, we're all on the same page. Christians can't have it both ways. Either that's true or the other is true, that God can do whatever the hell he wants with his creation because he's the potter, we're the clay. If he wants to make a bowl and then break it, and ground it to powder, how dare us question his omnipotence, his magnificence, all that bullshit. Either it's that or it's the other, but you can't have both. Make up your mind, Christians. I think make up your mind. Yeah. What do you think about I, that? I think you can have yeah, I think you can have both. I think someone can be to I'm for lack of a better word, I'm I just kind of saw you guys, so I quickly hopped in. I think you can have someone who's superior and has the final decision making and he still can choose to do what he wants to do because we have to look at it from a view outside. I understand we're human, so we only have the human experience, so to speak, to define love by. But if he is the superior being who is outside of time, who can, as you said, make a bowl and break it, then you can have both. Well, what if that what if those what if those things he does are cruel? What if the things he does are cruel? What if they're what if the if he can do whatever he wants, so he can ground us to powder if he wants to. If he's having a bad day, like he did when when the, with the flood, and he wants to drown everybody, he can do whatever he wants. It's his creation. But those babies right. drown. Those but pregnant women drown. Yes, this pro-life yes. God drowned pregnant women. So how does that make sense in with the emotional framework that he supposedly created us with? I think it's, that's incon- where it it's comes incongruent. To- Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's okay. Uh, I think that's what it comes to of his superiority. That got, and I'm 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 trying to speak in a way where I really want to understand that side of the argument, not in a way of uh, okay. conversion or anything. That's great. So I hope I'm not. Well, that's what yeah. that's what they say. That's what that's William Lane Craig's argument that whatever God does, if mm-hmm. we look at if we look at slavery as immoral, if we look at genocide as immoral, <clears throat> it's not immoral mm-hmm. if God commands it. That's yeah. his argument. That's the end of the conversation. If God says it, that settles it. And we can look at that as with with the human emotions that God supposedly gave us. We can look at that. Any rational person can look at that and say, no, 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 that's immoral. It's immoral to own Mm -hmm. another person. Well, you can't Mm -hmm. have the morals that God supposedly put in us and then say God can do whatever he wants and it's okay. That's my point. You Mm -hmm. can't have it both ways. Gregory, it could, could I, let's say, (laughs) let's say I was your boss and your landlord and your mm-hmm. uh your uh the guy who gives you food the, the you know the one that mm-hmm. provides you food and um i'm also stronger than you i don't know how how strong you are stronger than you louder than you i talk well, you more work than out, you. so you're probably yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. yeah let's say i was able to beat you on every front i was smarter than you and stronger than you and i you were dependent upon me and i just beat right. the living crap out of you every single day and i i made you mm-hmm. feel small and i told you how mm-hmm. worth 
worthless you uh, compared to me. And I could do it. Mm -hmm. And you had nothing you could say ever. There's nothing. There's no argument. It was obvious. I'm much more powerful than you on rhetorically, intellectually, physically, spiritually, whatever that. Do you have to be Mm -hmm. okay with it? Or can you say, fuck this guy? Do you have to just be cool with it? That's exactly. You you can't. You can't say. I don't curse, of course, but you can say him, tell that person, screw off. You can. Yeah. That's the choice. You get what I'm saying? You can't do that with God. Because he's got it. You can't do that with God because God, according to the Christian. Well, you can, but he'll punish you for that. Yeah, but you're going to burn in hell. Right. And right? That, but but that's what I'm saying. That's the important part of, I think it's kind of used as the throwaway point because humans are naturally, and of course this is ca- according to my belief, humans are naturally given to want to do what they want to do. But it's you still, you can do what you want to do. In the same way, I think you brought up a child earlier. My child can do what they want to do, but in my household, you know, or when I grew up, I got my butt whooped. That's just right. part of my parents being able to be my parents and me still being able to make the choice. I can go all the way, you know, I can go all the way or uh, balls to the wall, as they say. I can go all the way to the left. But ultimately, that consequence is there. And that consequence has been clearly presented to me. Mm-hmm. So, Well, what, let me ask you this, Gregory. Yeah. Um, saying, so, you, you're presenting a hypothetical like what the Christians say. What do you believe? What do you believe about this God figure and how he behaves with his creation, so to speak? I do believe that God is, I think, what I don't want Christianity, what I, I'll say this too, I don't like that Christianity maps out God as if they've discovered all of him. So I do understand that. I, and even as a Christian, I hate that the result is that somebody would go to hell. Anybody, you know? But I do I do believe that if he's the creator okay. of everything, there's nothing I could do about it because he is that creator. He is that inventor of everything. So he does have a right to do so with it as he wishes. So you're so, so you're if a he prisoner. wants to be the if he wants to be the bully, or if he is the bully that Johnny described, and there's nothing we can do about it, are you willing to worship and follow that kind of a figure? Out of love? I would say yes, so I would say mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's where we differ. And I've said this before. Right, right. Yeah. Right. If yeah. if right. someone were to present enough evidence to me to convince me that the God of the Bible, which is the God I used to believe in, were were real. If the God of the Bible, if they could prove the God of the Bible really existed and he's up in the heavens somewhere and he's watching over mankind and he's going to reward us according to our beliefs one day. I still would not worship that God. Um, I don't care if you right. put me in front of him and put a gun to my head because that God is evil, that God is awful, that God is is horrendous at every turn because he's a thug, he's a bully, and he does not represent the best in mankind. So I want no part of that God. Gregory, if um, let's say you and I were in a room together and... Uh, mm-hmm. And and I and I were to sing a song in a discordant tune, okay? Uh, whatever song mm-hmm. is, my voice is crap. It's not. It's actually okay. But let's say I were to sing a song in, in a in a really bad uh, tone, okay? And then I pointed mm-hmm. a gun to your head and I said, "Tell me that my voice was beautiful just then, um, mm-hmm. and or I'll shoot you dead." And you were to say, "Your voice." is beautiful, John. Would that be authentic mm-hmm. or would that be out of fear of death? It would likely be out of fear, of course. Sure. So if um, God is ultimately pointing a cosmic gun at your head and you love him, uh, can you mm-hmm. really say that your love is authentic when the fear of eternal uh, punishment is-, is dangling right in front of you? Can you really say that you love him for his qualities and not mm-hmm. out of fear of torture forever? Ooh, uh 
I'm not saying that because I'm stumped. I'm just I don't know how much time we got because in that yeah, we're bad we're Christian bad out of time. View, we do have to move on. Yeah, yeah. In but the Christian real world view, it would be it would be more nuanced than that. Yeah, yeah. it is. I, uh, yeah. There's a in the Christian worldview. Yeah. Well, again, it's you can't paint Christian with such a broad brush because I was in one sect or one group part yeah, of Christianity that would have that would have said one thing about that, and other groups said another thing. There's, You're right. That's true. They're all over the That's map true. on what they believe about those issues. So I'll, it's really I'll, hard. I'll, it's really hard to find a, a definitive point of agreement on that. Yeah, uh, right. Gregory, I, I yeah, appreciate your call. Question. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I appreciate no your call. We we've we've got to move on because we are running out of time. Gregory, I, I like this conversation. I like the yeah, it's a good call. Your, way of approaching. I want you to call back. Can I can I get you to commit here in front of the thousands of people that will I watch see this? that hand. Yes. Is you going to call back? You going to call back? I'll watch. I've been watching a lot of you guys' video. I don't uh, commit because I run my own business and everything. Fair. So it gets, fair enough. Sometimes it gets busy. If, if the opportunity so arises and it works out. Yeah. yeah, if the opportunity arises, we'd love to talk to you again on one of these shows because you're yeah. a good guy. Yeah, you raise good points, and you—it's a good conversation. So keep thinking, keep mm-hmm. thinking, and and asking the questions, man. Yep, we really do appreciate your call. All right, we've got, um, we've got. Uh, let's see. If you happen to be in the Austin area on May twenty eighth, two thousand twenty, we'll be broadcasting live from the Free Thought Library. Yeah, we get together sometimes on Sunday, just like that one caller just. Join us for for Talk Heathen, hosted by Forrest Valkai and a special guest. And the Atheist Experience will be hosted also by Forrest Valkai and Jim Barrow, local favorite. Uh, doors open at noon. Hope to see you there. All right, we've got we've got a bunch of people on the call here. Oh my goodness, I want to talk to Jamal. Um, Jamal is a uh, coming out of california and he he asks or he says there's historical and scientific evidence for god uh you're on axp with uh dave and johnny what is the historical and scientific evidence from god because i haven't heard it and i want to hear all ears all ears how are you how are you all doing first of all thank you Mo. how are you so uh okay so for you two gentlemen if i provide you information that is, uh, you know, and this information has been deemed accurate mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, factual, and it's a lot of information. It's been deemed factual 100% of the time, okay? <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's a few, a few, a few information that has not been, that I, that I have, I have, I presented to you, but it's not, um, it's, it's just so complex that it's not knowledgeable enough for you to, uh, for people or even scientists to say, you know what, this is actual, <laughs> it's just not yet, but it will happen. There will be a, a time presented itself. Would you say, you know what, I'm going to follow this. I think this is going to be, because the first part, the first 80% of it that you gave me was, was a hundred percent factual and the remaining 20 percent i'm sure it's going to be factual because you know the first part was already factual uh, this so is increasingly hypothetical jamal could you could you give us something a little bit more huh? concrete yeah tell us what Come the 80 percent is let's start with the 80 percent that's 100 yeah. percent factual and clearly true let's start so with that what i'm talking about so what i'm talking about is i am i am muslim and i do you're what uh, he's muslim the muslim Okay. I do believe the Quran is uh, the word of God, and I do believe it's actually the only existing proof of God. Of course you do. 
Because you're Muslim. And based on what I was telling you, yeah. uh, information contained in it, 80% of it in terms of science, in terms of all that, <coughs> there's, no, there's no evidence saying it's wrong. There's no scientific evidence saying it's wrong. I could point out so many different types of archaeological findings, and there's nothing that states that it's wrong. And that's all. That's 80% of the book already. That's, that's, not, how, that's not how uh, things work. Could, that's not how things work. Okay. There's nothing proving it wrong. You have to prove it right. Yeah, okay. I'll give you an example. <coughs> Okay. Excuse me. I'll give you an example. So, for example, um, the name Musa, that's, you know, that's the Arabic name for Moses, uh, okay. you know, from, from the Bible. All right. So that name, uh, that's not the same name that's used in Hebrew. You know, obviously, the English is not, uh, it wasn't at that time. So that's only an Arabic name, Musa. And uh, this came in 700, you know, uh, 6th century Arabia when it came, right. the name was presented and all that. So the name itself, until recently, people thought it was just an Arabic name. But when they found through uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics, when they were able to find out ex excavation and all that, they found out Musa means newborn. And this was during a time where the Egyptian language was lost during Muhammad's time and only uncovered recently. So how can somebody know any of that? How can somebody know a name that it would just deem that it turns out to be meaning newborn in Egyptian language? How, how can somebody... That's your, that's your goat. Divine intervention, I'm sorry, that. Jamal. I'm just saying, that's, like, give me... Give that's, me that's, that's, Jamal, that's your go-to? That's yeah. your go-to. Yeah, that's that's Johnny. You realize that, but I'm saying that's one. Okay, all right. Well, you went to it. Not your go-to, but you went to it. You went to it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But you you realize that. Love to hear your response to that. You well, I don't. First of all, I know nothing about the Muslim faith. Um, but what you're pointing to is some miraculous name, I guess, as best I can follow. And there's no other explanation other than every word of the Quran is true, and every word of of your your given faith ideology is true. You know that every Christian that would call into this show would say the same thing about their faith. How do you answer that, Dave? Before before oh, we that, do that, that, before we do that, Dave, I, okay. I, I do want to I do want to kind of address this point because I think Jamal thinks he's got a you know gotcha. he's, he's thrown a shuriken at us and it's up to us to either get stuck with the shuriken or to slash it. Okay, with, go with ahead and deal with that then. Yeah. Uh, so a name existed in the Quran that we didn't have evidence. A name. It's never been used before. Okay, so you know that language exists and people talk and names. We we have an understanding that there is a Proto-Indo-European, and we know from linguistic studies that that words tend to to morph, trans, transmogrify, and change over geology or ge geography through cultural groups. And uh, you got Johnny, you got Sean, you got Jan, you got Johan, you got Juan, and all these sort of changes over time, okay, that cultural groups change and they modify names. And so even though it might be not written down, it could exist in the oral tradition of naming people names. And the fact that they were able to find a name in hieroglyphics and the fact that it might exist somewhere in the Quran and exist in other texts from the time is not evidence that the Quran is true. It just is evidence that the people that wrote the Quran down existed in this tableau of languages, living languages that uh, were passing back and forth across the Levant. And uh, that's it. I'm sorry. That's not that's yeah, not miraculous that's, in any way. That's not going to move the needle much sure. here, Jamal. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 
Sir, sir, let me give you, let me, let me just clarify, okay? The Egyptian okay. language was lost for okay. thousands of years, okay? Thousands of years. Cool. Uh, so this is way before Muhammad's time, way before. It's been already lost for so, so much, so much before, and it was lost even after, you know, 1,200, okay. 1,300 years after Muhammad okay. uh, died, right? So, uh, and it means newborn, and his, it's the name that was given to Musa. Um, it was given to him by his, uh, you know, his uh, adopted parents. Man. So how could he have known that name? And it's just a coincidence. Like, it is just a coincidence that yeah. he gave, he just mentioned that name. And all of a sudden, what if, what if, what, what if it's a coincidence, Jamal? Of that time, of most what? of the time. Think about it. That was the new, that's the main meaning, meaning new uh, in an Egyptian time. Well, no. actually, that's not, that's not really... Hmm? Jamal, do you do you recognize yeah. how terrible this argument is, or do you no, actually he, think this he, is good? He, he, he doesn't. That's the problem. It, it, it's just so. It's, you could have, but you didn't. You came out with Moses newborn. So what? So what? The people that spoke ancient Egyptian, okay, they did not get wiped off of the face of the earth. They continued. They continued to live in Egypt, and they spread throughout the area. Their language changed. Ancient Egypt became. I don't know, Middle so Egypt, so ancient, so ancient so Egyptian so became Middle Egyptian, mm -hmm. became modern Egyptian. And the people who lived there continued through time. Names, like we don't, we have evidence that, that linguistic traditions continue over the course of thousands of years. You could look up, look up Proto-Indo-European. Just for example, you got, you got words like honey and milk and mama and papa and things like that, that continue. The words mean the same thing and they change a little bit over time. The fact that the Quran uses a name that existed somewhere on a, on a clay wall or chip chiseled into limestone. So what? Uh, no offense, but like, I know that's very persuasive and probably your imam, if you have one, uh, use this as evidence for the Quran's accuracy, but it's, it's, a. Uh, it's it's a it's a trash argument. Dude. It's it's not compelling at all to yeah. anyone not in that bubble, Jamal. That's yeah. what you need to understand. You sound like a smart guy, and and I think you can do better yeah. than that. So, Jamal, why don't you well, honest? It's, it's not just that. It's not just that. I have actually. I want to just well, think about a couple of things. Okay. Well, Jamal, we we, uh, it's, we, it's, we it's, don't it's, we don't we don't have time. I'm Jamal. Sorry. It's I, it's nice to want things, and I'll tell you what yeah. I want. I want you to call back again so we can continue this call earlier with a better argument. With a better argument, let's let's skip over. Moses and we really do have to go because we've we have we have exhausted the oxygen allotted to us and we must now which is science show. oxygen is science oxygen by the way. is science oh but yeah. it's you know it's all make-believe look uh <laughs> have you said to yourself I love the ECA content but I hate looking at those faces I just that's called me my head hurt I'm sorry yeah. uh I want to I want to listen to AXP all the time, all, all the day, time. every day. Well, we can yeah. do that for you. Your wish is granted, as if from a genie. As Check a out our, our brand new 24-7 AXP TV live stream. Tune in at any time of the day, and you'll get a constant stream of AXP from the very beginning to the very end. Um, watch or listen to your favorite hosts and discover some hosts you never heard of. Visit tiny.cc slash AXP TV to join the fun. Again, our question of the week, our share your experience is blank is evidence for God's sense of humor. Enter your answer in the comment section below, not in the live chat because live chat goes away. And then tune in next week to see the top answers. Uh, Dave Warnock. Yes, sir. Good, yes. sir. good sir Warnock. Yes. We did a show yeah. together. 
here. That was fun, man. Yeah. Um, that last call made my head hurt. Um, and I'm I'm just I'm still not sure what science and miracles are together. I, I'm still confused about that one. But anyway, it was cool. The name of Moses is a miracle that proves the existence of, of science. Of Anatar, Lord of Gifts. That's that's science, my takeaway. That's, that's the wrap up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, everyone who tuned in today, thank you so much. Uh, visit our website at atheist-community.org for the latest on what's happening. Contact us at tv at atheist-community.org. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Why Stay come- skeptical, everyone. Oh, yeah. Come back next week. We'll see you then. Bye. What will it take for you to start over? Watch Talk Heathen Live Sundays at 1 p.m. Central. Visit tiny.cc slash YTTH and call into the show at 512-991-9242 or connect to the show online at tiny.cc slash call Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.